0: 2020 made remote work a necessity. But even before then, many of us were already looking for flexible work arrangements that would allow us to work from home. And one of the newer careers that have exploded in the last few years that definitely offered flexibility is the virtual assistant work. It's an interesting field of work because the definition of what the role encompasses is so varied, you can pretty much design it to be how you want it to be the ultimate flexibility in work. In this episode, we're going to lift the hood a bit and explore the world of virtual assistants. My name is Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 140. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks, a show where we talk about the many different ways that we can thrive in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth one. If you've been listening to the podcast a while, you know how excited I get when I talk about advancement in technologies and such. And one of the reasons why I get excited about this is because technology has made so many things possible that weren't possible or doable in the past. And one of the things that advancement in technology has made really uh, possible is remote work. It gave rise to the gig economy. And one role or job that I've seen really become popular in the last few years, partly because we now have the technology to make this work doable, is the virtual assistant. Now, here's one definition of the work from Investopedia. A virtual assistant, and I'm reading from the article now, a virtual assistant is an independent contractor who provides administrative services to clients while operating outside of the client's office. A virtual assistant typically operates from a home office, but can access the necessary planning documents, such as shared calendars, remotely people employed as virtual assistants often have several years of experience as an administrative assistant or office manager. New opportunities are opening up for virtual assistants who are skilled in social media, content management, blog post writing, graphic design, and internet marketing. As working from home has become more accepted for both workers and employers, the demand for skilled virtual assistants is expected to grow. So that's the end of what I'm reading from Investopedia. Clearly, this is a growing field. So for this week, and actually next week too, we're exploring the world of virtual assistants. Today, we chat with Janice Dallager, who started a solo freelance virtual assistant in 2016. She has since expanded to a small team of contractors providing a variety of services to support small business owners and busy professionals. In this episode, we're going to take a peek behind the scenes of Janice's work, how she starts working with her clients, the kinds of work that she and her team provides, and how she's planning on growing over the next couple of years in this space. So that's what's coming up. But first... Inside Briefing Notes, the 38th issue is a Resilience Edition, and the main topic that we're talking about is our mindset around setbacks. Now, of course, we all deal with setbacks personally and professionally all the time. Setbacks are just a normal part of being alive And certainly the kind of year 2020 has been, many of us have experienced all kinds of interruptions and obstacles and outright failures. Now, you would think that because setbacks are so normal, we would all have a PhD on how to handle these situations. But the thing that really makes a difference in terms of how we manage setbacks or in the ways that we allow these things to affect us or change us, the thing that really matters is our mindsets. Our mindsets around setbacks determine how long or how much or if we're going to be upset about it or how long we're going to be upset about it or if we're going to get deterred or if it's going to galvanize us into action. So in the newsletter this week, we're highlighting six strategies for setting our setback mindset so we can use the setback to our advantage as much as possible. These suggestions came from a piece by Dr. Lisa Webb on Thrive Global. And my favorite one of the six is actually the sixth one on the list. Um, It's about looking back on our lives And remembering that we all have a personal story of loss or failure in the past that we have overcome and that led us to something greater. So we can look to that. We can use that to remember that whatever it is that we are experiencing or we may be experiencing right now, nothing has been lost. We got here because of the strengths that we have demonstrated or honed in the past. So in addition to this main thing on the newsletter, let me just highlight three other things from this week's issue. Thing number one, how to make peace with the past, because we cannot move forward if something in our past is holding us back. So there's this piece from Psychology Today that talks about two mental strength exercises that we can do so we can stop dwelling in the past. Wired Magazine writes about how we can deal with the anxiety of uncertainty because our brains are not hardwired to deal with prolonged periods of ambiguity and uncertainty, which is precisely the kind of thing that we're all dealing with right now with the pandemic and these lingering questions about when or how or what the future holds, and we have no clear answers yet. And thing number three, why we need to stop focusing on outcomes and results and where to focus instead. And I will tell you that article was written for me. (laughs) To dig in further on these topics and the rest of this week's issue, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash archive. You're going to find the latest edition at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to Briefing Notes. It's free. So if you subscribe, you're going to get it in your inbox every Sunday. Janice Dallager joined the virtual assistants world in 2016 when she decided that she wanted to do the kind of work that would provide her the flexibility and time to devote to her family. She started as a freelancer working with clients on her own. She has since expanded to a small team providing virtual assistance and consulting services to a select clientele. Janice says that virtual assistance work is all about trust. The client needs to trust their VA enough to hand over sensitive, critical, and even personal information so that the VA can do their job properly. Janice helps create
1: this trusting environment by starting small. So I start out with a, with any new client, I start out with a trial project. We come up with a trial project together that's maybe five to 10 hours of work time estimated. And usually that's something like something could be research. It could be, um, I have a whole bunch of survey data that um, has been sitting there for years, but can we compile it and do some sort of analysis of it? So some project that's been lying around that would provide value for the client. Um, but It's usually something that I just haven't sat. if I would just sit down to do it kind of thing. So that's a great project to test um, to test a VA on. And I usually I use it to test if we're a good fit relationally and if the work is um also if that if that's the kind of the kinds of gigs that we want to keep on doing um so that's usually where it starts with some sort of data some sort of research there's no obligation after that to continue. But it's a good way to see what the quality for a client to see what the quality of work is going to be. It's a good way to prove like, wow, that was like beyond what we expected. (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: I asked Janice for specifics of the tasks that she has done for clients. And as she was enumerating the areas of work, I realized that if flexibility is a key factor for you, virtual assistant work may just be the answer. The potential work of a VA can span a whole range of activities. As a VA, you can design the scope of services that you want to provide to any shape or form, depending on your interests, qualifications, time constraints, or any other factor that may be important
1: for you to consider. It's it's really a very trust-based profession um, because as they trust, their VA, as a client trusts their VA more, they will hand off other things. And as a VA continues to be open to either learning new things or learning their style of work and being honest with themselves about their own style of work, then they'll give you things like email management, calendar management, uh scheduling people. But it can be very kind of data Data driven, kind of impersonal in the way. Um, and it also depends if the client wants the VA to be seen by their clients or not, right? Sometimes they're like, I just want to keep them as a secret weapon. (laughs) I just want to, I don't want anybody to know that I'm using a VA, right? But there is kind of a stigma out there still. Um, or that some people, some clients have a stigma around uh, who am I to have an assistant. Yeah. When really you can be using assistant for like, I hate making spreadsheets. So someone, someone take, tear this down and make it into a spreadsheet for me, or, you know, take these numbers or for instance, or it could be editing. So some VAs do some light editing, right? They're not going to be able to rewrite your thing because they don't know necessarily what that client does direct or the product rent like the product details but they can do some light editing or proofreading proofreading for instance yeah
0: so what i'm hearing is that it's whatever the that your client wishes to delegate so it could be related to calendaring or scheduling things or email management um there's also is there is there ever like um website maintenance
1: There can be, yeah, there can be website maintenance. Usually it's not website builds or designs. You'll probably, they'll probably have a web designer for that. But for instance, like I have this event coming up. You need to make a page that details the event. Like they'll give you the content, but you're going to insert it. Um, Another one, like kind of along those lines um, is social media. So some people will hire VAs to, to do the posting or to schedule the posts. Um, let's say the regular ones that are supposed to go out, the scheduled ones. And then that frees the client up to like, if they have a spontaneous post, like, and now it looks like they're posting all the time, but they're not. <laughs> like some of those were like made way beforehand um, and were scheduled by a VA beforehand. Some VAs do, um for instance, if you have a uh a Facebook group that needs to be managed, they can serve as moderators um on a facebook group um they can let's say for instance email newsletters. Some people love to write like the main content right but how does it how do I get it from the napkin the paper you know scritch, scratch scratch? into my MailChimp or into my um, Constant Contact, whatever it is, into the platform, right? <clears throat> so if that's a block for a client, sometimes, I mean, literally, I've had clients who they took a picture of it, <laughs> like, do your best, try to translate it, and then just drop it into the, the email platform, but then it keeps the thing on time. If it's a weekly or a monthly thing, it keeps it on time, Um. Sometimes VAs can be used as like um depending how personable a VA wants to be. Um habit tracking, we do habit tracking for a couple clients of ours, like serving reminders, like for instance, let's just use the newsletter example as um as an example. Um if it's monthly, for instance, then um the VA knows that we have to have content in by you know, you have to have your picture, the photo, your, the photo of that scritch scratch paper to me by whatever the third week of the month. Right. So that I can transcribe it and get it back to you and make sure I didn't misspell anything or, you know, special product names or whatever um, and get it approved. And depending like what what the client's workflow is, like knowing they're going to need a couple reminders in between before they get that approval back. So being able to build that time in and um, having that relationship to say, hey, if I don't get it by 5 p.m. today, I'm not going to have enough time to, we're not going to have enough time to launch this out properly.
0: You probably have situations where, um, the client would say, these are the kinds of things I'm going to give Janice. And then after talking with her, you find out, you know what, there are other things that you should be delegating instead of those things or yes. in addition to those things, right? Yes. Yeah. And
1: that yeah. is almost always what happens. That is my biggest case to clients is that, and I have seen it over and over again, that as soon as they, some of them, as soon as they tell me, about like, this is the thing that's really overwhelming, this and this and this and this and like, I don't know how we're going to get there. Um, and I'm like, sometimes I don't even know if I'm actually providing a solution. Maybe I'm taking one key thing out of that entire list off their plate. Um, but it's something that needs to be done in the next 48 hours, right? And maybe it's the hugest stumbling block in this whole process. But as soon as they as soon as I say yes to the one thing and they've gone through their whole litany of stuff, they're like, I feel so much better. Now. It's a peace of mind, <laughs> isn't it? Right. So there's a whole thing around reliability and trust. Like as much as the skills, it's knowing that they can rely on you, which builds the trust of like, I'm going to give them more work. Yeah. I'm going to use them all the time. Um, So I think building the trust and Improving reliability is really important.
0: VA work is remote work. For the VA, it is a work-from-home situation. Now, 2020 has made work-from-home a requirement for many of us. And perhaps because of that, our perception of work-from-home has been skewed a bit. It's one thing when work-from-home is mandatory and you have no choice in the matter. It's a wholly different arrangement when you pick a line of work, specifically because it provides you with this kind of flexibility. Now, having said that, work from home uh, comes with some challenges, whether you choose it or not. Janice's primary reason for doing this kind of work is to give her time for her family. So balancing personal time with work time has always been a priority for her, no matter what work she was doing. Being a VA was no exception.
1: Being a VA has taught me, especially because it's work from home, it's probably been the greatest teacher for me in healthy boundaries, like being enforcing my boundaries around setting them up, first of all, recognizing what isn't working, setting it up the way I want it to, and then enforcing it. Um, and especially because if you're working from home, Um, so space boundaries, work boundaries with the family, (laughs) um, as well as work boundaries with your clients. Now there are some clients who will want somebody who is on call during a certain time range. So, um, so when you're looking at doing, um, VA work, like, That's one of the things you want to be aware of, especially if that's important to you. Um, like, we don't take on-call work because, um, it doesn't, it doesn't work for my lifestyle. It doesn't work for my team's lifestyle either. So, um, choose gigs that suit your lifestyle. The one thing I can say about VA is because there's such a range of expectations around there, around VA work. Um, if you want to be on call, you can be on call. If you don't want to be on call, then don't, don't answer those gigs. But yeah, there's, there's a whole range. If you want it to be just professional, like, uh, totally work related stuff, like don't tell me to, I don't want to do personal tasks, right? I only want to manage your professional calendar. I don't want to know what's going on in your personal life. Like you can make those distinctions in the gigs that you respond to and um, the gigs that you look for.
0: Sorry. I remember um, when I was working at uh, the company I used to work for before, a consulting firm, uh, uh, we had a female partner who uh, famously, you know, she, she used to always say like, she has a, she has a work assistant And then she has a personal assistant and those are two different things. And she says, without them, it doesn't work because she has, you know, she has work time and but she has a family and she has a son and she has a husband. And like, this is the only way it could work for me. But now that you are a, um, now that you have a team of people, right? And so you are subcontracting some of the stuff. What is the difficult part about that? Obviously there's still the time boundaries that you're talking about. But in addition to that, what what's difficult now for you in the, you know, with your new hat?
1: I mean, I'll, I'll say the one thing that has been challenging in this particular year is the idea of expanding. Like I mean, it's really up to me. No one's going to blame me if I don't expand or like, but how to do it in a way I could hire more contractors and get more client work. Um, but as an owner now, how visible do I want to be? Um, I haven't been visible since my coaching days, like 10, 15 years ago. So being visible again is um, is a challenge for me. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Being visible. So you're saying that in the context of expanding the, the, the team.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, my options, the options that I've seen or that I've considered for myself is consulting, right? So I could do, um, consulting kind of short term, more decision making type of gigs. So helping people, um, understand where outsourcing automating might work for them in their workflow and those are the conversations i really enjoy having which is why we're adding that on but um the other way of expanding would be to add more contractors um and make more conversations like the one thing that's been really great in the last 5 years is that almost almost all if not all of our work has been um from referral by referral like the first one was literally from like answering a Facebook post and um and it's just been referral from that point forward which has been great but to put a new offering out there or to expand means um I need to hustle a little bit yes I haven't had yeah. to hustle <laughs>
0: So you obviously, you've done a lot of growing already, right? So you went from your, you, you were the sole VA providing one-on-one service to a client to now you're sort of like, you have a team of people and between the team members, you provide services. And so you've already grown in terms of yourself, in terms of the role, but how do you, how do you see yourself growing, continuing to grow in the role in the next two, three years? Obviously you talked already about. Consulting, I guess, is one way of growing.
1: Yeah. Consulting is the main way I am looking at. And I'm looking at it mostly around impacts of time. My time, how, how can I best serve in the same amount of time, um, and have the highest impact and still maintain the lifestyle, <laughs> um, that we have? Because I like still, like, it, even with the ownership part and some people don't like this. They would rather work solo so they don't have to manage other people. Right. Um So um, are you doing like, a lot of managing people right now with your current role? You know, I, I don't mind it. Some people think it is, but I don't mind it at all. I think it really depends on who you bring in too. Um, I have brought people in for instance, for specific skills. Um, but all my contractors I know personally also. So um I love working with um I love working with the people that I'm working with and working for. So um but I've been very intentional about who to bring in, um and who I work for too, who we do work for. Yeah. Um so it makes the management easy. I can be honest without um sacrificing anything. <laughs> it's fantastic because
0: the boundaries were set at the beginning and i could really hear from from you in the way that you've approached your work and the way that you've designed uh your work is that the the primary reason for you getting into this is very important like from the beginning right um i was wondering like now on hindsight kind of what do you think what parts what part or parts of yourself do you think makes this all really perfect for you or suitable for you? Like what parts of yourself or traits or characteristics? And then also like, are those the same characteristics that you look for in your team members that you bring into your team?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I have not ever considered myself. And this is kind of strange because my clients consider me, Oh, you must be so organized and like you organize my stuff and project manage my stuff so well. Um, but there are certain areas I will say. There are certain areas that I'm very organized. I'm very process thinking. I've always been interested in, like, if I look back, in operations, in process, in how things and how things are made and developed. Right? Um, probably even more so than the end product. But like, I want to know the end product so that how it affects process on the back level. Um, also in documenting processes so that they can be repeatable for other people. So those are things that have like always been really interesting for me. And it wasn't until much later that I realized that not everybody thinks that way. But there are people who do, and we kind of cling together. <laughs> we cling together and delight in the same things and lament about the same things. Um. <laughs> uh, and then... I mean, particularly for me, um, high-performance psychology, so professional psychology, high-performance psychology. Like, I've always been, not always, but especially in my adult life, very interested in how, what got somebody to there, whether it's, like, a great place that I consider, like, a very successful place or not-so-successful place. The mental, the psychological choices that were made personally to get, to where they wanted to, like, was it intention? Was it intuition? Um, so I love understanding that, which is also kind of a process based thing because of that combination, particularly for my business and the way I interact with clients and the level of clients that I interact, that I bring on. Um, I look for high performers. I look for people who have, like, they have goals in mind and they have intentions of how they might not know how a thing, like, even now I know. Um, Even if they don't know how a thing should, will be made, they know that there are pieces and parts involved. And they will trust someone, well, you know, someone who has proven, like, so these are the steps that I'm thinking you need to take. And these are the people and the skills that you may need to have it. Yeah. There's also an interesting, like, more and more, like an awareness, especially in this position that I've realized, like an awareness of my own um, blind spots and weaknesses, as well as my own strengths. So I like to play to the strengths of the people that I work for and with. So I do this with my contractors as well as with my clients. So I don't send spreadsheet work to a contractor that is going to freak out over a spreadsheet. It's just like, what am I? (laughs) Because a stressed worker is not going to do great work for you. So... So I play to everybody's strength. That's like and I did this in the corporate world too. So I so when I see a client struggling, and this is one some of the conversation that I love having with clients and potential clients, is um they're struggling with like the newsletter thing. I can get it written down, but I just can't get it in the platform, right? And sometimes like, without the awareness and, like, kind of the gentleness to themselves, they think it's their fault. They think they've failed, and this is why I never get a newsletter out in time. Um, but I love, and this is part of the coaching background that I have, to getting in there and being like, you can forgive yourself for that. In fact, you can forgive yourself to the point, like, can you forgive yourself enough to just hand that over And, like, if you have it drafted, just hand it over and, like, do something else with your time instead of beating yourself up.
0: I chatted with Janice in the summer of 2020, when the pandemic has turned most, if not all, of our summer plans upside down. I asked her what she's looking forward to the most these days.
1: I'm looking forward to traveling again. It's... The one thing that is like, its we've been really blessed at home um, and it's really comfortable here at home where, and we're safe and we're healthy, but it's because we stay home. <laughs> um, so I am looking forward to when this is all said and done, um, going to uh, traveling again, even like I'll take a road trip. That'll be fine. But flying would be nice to go abroad.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Me too. Well, Janice, thank you so much for
1: sharing your your experiences with me. It's awesome to have you on the show again. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. It's always a great time. Thanks for having me.
0: I hope you found this episode with Janice Dallagher useful. You can find out more about Janice at janiceyourva.com. For the links and all the highlights of this episode, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast in general, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this particular episode or about season four and um, they're going to thank you for it. And so will I. It helps tremendously when you help spread the word. So thank you. Now, maybe this episode inspired you to look into the world of virtual assistants and you may be wondering or thinking that this may be something that you can do or pursue or at least like investigate a little bit more. If so, then you're going to want to tune into next week's episode because we're taking this conversation further with Kathy Guggenauer, who runs a thriving business showing and training others how to build a profitable career as a virtual assistant. So she is the trainer for virtual assistants. You're going to get lots of practical tips in that episode and we're going to get into real numbers as well. So the best way to not miss that episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that using whatever app it is that you're using right now to listen to this episode. Or if you happen to be on the website, listening to this on the audio player on the website, if you look around uh, the, the audio player, you're going to find some options for our podcast apps as well. Okie dokie, I'll be back next week with Kathy Vuggenauer. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans.